Do you believe in magic? Yes. In Soldier Field. Ooh. Something about fields. Taking ooh, the ooh. field. Oh, magic. Do, 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 do. How you doing, Josh? <laughs> I'm doing great, Jesse. <laughs> little hungover. Well, I skinned my knee up pretty good on the carpet. How you do that? Well, I was gu- doing a little guitar slide of excitement. I was chilling on the couch, and uh, there was a draft going on. And then I saw the Bears uh, were on the clock at 11. They had traded up, and I jumped off the couch in reactionary fashion and skinned my knee up pretty good. Yeah, Rick was pretty accurate with what he said. I think pretty much everybody in that group chat, I mean, there's a lot of teams in there, but we all had a pretty good draft. Yeah. Yeah, I think everyone pretty much nailed it. All right. So let's start at the top of the draft order here. Uh, we're just going to go pick one to pick 32, no ranking, just in the order these uh, fantasy players were, were taken off the board. Trevor Lawrence of Jacksonville, we all knew it was coming. Uh, still quarterback. We know how the rest of the landing spots went. Do you think he's still the top quarterback off the board in our rookie draft? Yeah, I don't think there's really any question. He is maybe the closest thing to, like, guaranteed to be good that we've had in a long time. Yeah, he doesn't have, like, the rushing floor of some – I mean, he he has a rushing floor, not maybe like a mid-career Aaron Rodgers rushing floor. But um, – I mean, yeah, he's, he's still he, – he still has a pretty decent rushing floor, though. And that's I mean, not – and you don't even Aaron need to bank on it for him. That, that, that 20, like 11 to 20, what, 15 Aaron Rodgers was getting 500 yards a season rushing, 400, 500 with, you know, six touchdowns or so. Yeah. This this is also why I compared Lawrence to Tannehill back when we did quarterback comps because he has like I feel like they're going to get similar rushing stats you know, um, but I feel like Lawrence you know we don't really need to elaborate him on too too much uh, he's pretty much a you know locked in top ten quarterback for his career uh, maybe not his rookie year because rookies you know a little bit time to develop but after after his rookie year I, he's probably a top top ten quarterback for the rest of his career I would assume if, I- if everything goes as planned. I would even probably bet on him being a top ten quarterback as rookie year. Oh, I got Dixie jumping on my chest. But yeah, I think he's uh Dix all over I, your chest. I, I feel <laughs> I feel like he you're even underrating his rushing floor. He's he's been he's shown the ability to even break off those like seventy yard touchdown runs. Yeah, but that's not where he's gonna be making his, his that's not where he's gonna be putting up the majority of his fantasy stats. Yeah. He's a he's a passer. Yeah, and you you don't you don't even need him to do that for him to be a stud, but he can. That's my point. But like you yeah. said, we don't need to elaborate. He's amazing. He's really good. Easily yeah. the top quarterback. Next, uh, Zach Wilson uh, off the board of the New York Jets. And, you know, he was the number two quarterback. NFL viewed him as the second best guy in this draft. Uh, but there's still questions if he's going to be one of these uh, – a fantasy quarterback, like a, a relevant fantasy quarterback. You know, um, maybe he's like – his ceiling is – you know, a a top, also a top ten quarterback every year. But I could also see him being in that in that mid range. Uh, you know, in the fifteen twenties, if he if he doesn't pan out like like a lot of people think he will. Uh, you know, the, the the cupcake schedule argument and all that for him. Well, if you want to believe the uh, the QB wizard Chris Sims, he's going to be the next Aaron Rodgers. 
Yeah, and he, I mean, but, he very well could be. But he, I, I, I don't know if in, in our rookie draft, or I don't know if people are going to value him, think, think about him in that way compared to these other quarterbacks. I think he might be the fourth quarterback off the board if he gets drafted in a rookie draft. I am honestly completely torn on him. I don't know. Because, like, he, he does have the upside of being, like, really fucking good. But I also see the downside of him just being a total bust. Like, he's, he's a better passer than Manziel was, but he has the same uh, kind of erratic play style behind the line. He, he, he can make those plays. He can avoid attack, uh, defenders and all that. So He I, literally I has see, a range a... of, like, Aaron Rodgers to Sam Darnold minus. Like... Aaron Rodgers to Johnny Manziel. <laughs> yeah, which is crazy. Yeah, and, I'm you know, maybe worth a third-round flyer in a rookie draft. Uh, second round if you really believe in him. But I, th- I think some of these order- other quarterbacks well, will go ahead of him. Also, I think there's something to be said for He's guaranteed to be the starter day one. So I feel like in fantasy drafts, he should go off the board, like the top three, just because you know that. How does how does he affect uh, the New York Jets offense, do you think? Or do you think it's too too soon to tell? It's too soon to tell. And it's – I mean, they, just, they don't have a ton to work with. They got Denzel Mims and – I guess they got Corey Davis. Forgot about that for a second. So we'll see. I don't know. Yeah. It can't yeah, really be so, – wor- it can't really get worse. It's going to be hard to project what they're going to do. I think they'll be fine. Um, but, you know, yeah, like we said, time will tell with him. Next off the board, we had – Trey Lance go to the San Francisco 49ers. Smokescreen, Mac Jones. Uh, I didn't think I didn't think it was a smokescreen when it all came down to it. A lot of people didn't, but um, yeah, the Mac Jones thing didn't really work out, and they shot with the upside for Trey Lance, who I think I don't know. I think he has a lower ceiling than than Justin Fields, but uh, maybe I guess the 49ers view that differently. I don't know. I think this is a huge stock up for Trey Lance, and. Because that's just the perfect situation to go to for anyone. And he's also, like I said, day one starter. That's pretty much a guarantee at this no, point. No, no, no. I, I don't know. I, it's not, I think he is. I, I, think I, I think they'll run Jimmy G for the whole year. I think they'll, they'll run it like Pat Mahomes. Uh, they, they sat him his entire rookie year, even though they probably saw he was great. See, I don't, I don't see that with Shanahan. I mean, maybe. But it seems like they invested way too much. and I feel like they're just out on Jimmy. We'll see if he's even still on the team by the time the year starts. I could be wrong. But Jimmy might, Jimmy might, Jimmy might be gone by the time this pod goes up. <laughs> he could also yeah. get hurt tomorrow because he usually does. Yeah. Yeah, um, that's the other thing. with, with it. Trey, Trey Lance will probably play some games because Jimmy G does you know, get hurt for you know, extended period of time these past couple of years. I don't know, but I honestly – I think Trey Lance is starter day one, but that's just my hunch. And his upside, I think, is huge. I don't know why, why you think his ceiling's lower. In that offense well, it's, it's lower than alone, Justin Fields. You don't think it's lower than Justin Fields? I think the upside's similar, but the, the floor based on just how good that Kyle Shanahan offense is and how easy it – like how good quarterbacks have been, like how good Nick Mullins looked in it, I think is really high. I like Trey Lance a lot. I think he's going to be a stud there. Yeah, well, I, I was saying this like maybe a month ago that anybody that lands in that Shanahan offense, I mean, he made Nick Mullins look good. Like you, like you just yeah. said, he made Nick Mullins look good. He makes CJ Beathard look look fine. He's gonna make Trey Lance look like a fucking god, probably. And just uh, you can, he can basically dump it off to George Kittle and Debo Samuel and rack rack up passing yards. But he also has the arm talent to get it downfield and a huge rushing floor. That, that's the thing. Uh, I, I don't know if I heard it on. I think I heard it on PFF podcast. Is that some people say that they don't really see that the that huge arm talent with Trey Lance that he can 
hit those deep balls, but that's because he was never asked to do it at uh, North Dakota State. I mean, neither was Carson Wentz when he was there, but, you know, people saw that that was something that was in his skill set and in, in, in Trey Lance's skill set. So uh, he, he can probably bomb it. He just wasn't asked to do that a whole lot. He was more of a, you know, game manager who, you know, but happened I think, to find the I think he did. He did show the ability to do it enough, though. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, I I think that he he pairs. I mean, anybody that Shanahan gets is going to have an automatic, you know, great, uh, phenomenal floor in, in fantasy. And I think that the options in uh, San Francisco they 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 either flatline where they where they have been as like we're previously ranked, or they they stock up just a little bit. I don't. Think, I don't think their stocks have a huge, huge amount. I don't know. I think it is. I love them, but I guess we'll see. Uh, Kyle Pitts landed with the Atlanta Falcons, <laughs> and Ooh, a lot so of people sexy. knew this one was coming. Uh, this is this is going to pan out really well if Julio Jones moves, because then Kyle Pitts is automatically the number two in that offense, and that's where you want to be as a tight end. It's the second best receiving option on the team. Now, if Julio doesn't move, it's going to take maybe a year or two years until Julio finally gets out of there where Pitts becomes maybe the first or second option that offense, depending on how Ridley develops. Yeah. But honestly, I don't think it matters. I think Pitts is just too damn good. And Arthur Smith does love using tight ends. He loves using two tight ends. I mean, Hayden Hurst is basically a dead guy at this point, but um, yeah, I think Pitts steps in day one and contributes quite a bit with or without Julio. Julio being gone definitely makes a difference, but Gets him a lot I, more I think, upside. I think, I think but, Julio is the biggest cog in the Kyle Pitts wheel right now. Big old cog in his wheel. You hate to have a cog in your wheel. Pitts got some wheels on him. With yeah, or without I, a cog in that wheel, he still flies. Originally, whenever this was reported a couple, couple uh, weeks ago that Pitts, you know, his potential for Atlanta, I was thinking like, uh, I don't, I don't really love that landing spot, but now. With his Julio news and thinking about it a little more, I'm like, yeah, that's actually might might be a good spot for him. High yeah, value, so. high volume passing offense. Also, the fact that their defense is atrocious and they didn't draft a good defensive player, seeing as they drafted Kyle Pitts instead. Um, he can he can play defense. <laughs> he could he could make that defense better, but um, I think it's just locks in even more that they're going to have to throw the ball a ton that defense is just not going to hold up. Yeah, I like this landing spot for Pitts. Uh, probably boosts him higher than what I originally had him had him rated uh, in in our rookie draft. And I think it's a good pairing with Matt Ryan. You and they're clearly not moving off from Matt Ryan this year. Yeah, I mean Matt Ryan, he's only uh, a year younger than or a year older than what Matt Stafford. So or no, same same age as Matt Stafford. Um, and we don't really call Matt Stafford like a washed quarterback. So I don't really view Matt Ryan as one either. He's 35 or something like that. So he says, he says five, 10, or 10 no. he says no, like man. five, five. He could, have, he could have 10 years. Maybe he starts the TB12 method. <laughs> nah, yeah. He, he has five more years of uh, production probably in, in the. At which point Kyle Pitts will probably already be wearing a gold jacket. For sure. For sure. Uh, Next pick off the board, Jamar Chase, five offensive players. Well, we had six offensive players in a row, but fifth one, Jamar Chase. And this really hurts your T. Higgins stock. 
but yeah, it's this, a great landing spot for Jamar Chase. This was worst case scenario for the Bash Bros. I was really trying to avoid this one, but it's it is a great spot for Jamar Chase. I think he steps in day one, wide receiver one there. Um, it's also a big stock up for uh, Joe Burrow, I think, um, more so than the Sewell pick would have been, because I mean he has a loaded receiving core now with Chase on one side, Higgins on the other, and Boyd in the slot. Yeah. Burrow was already at uh, – he was QB 10 whenever he, he got injured, and this just bumps him up even higher. I mean, this is going to be a, a locked and loaded connection for the next, I don't know, 10 years maybe. Yeah, and, uh, I mean, for the people that wanted to go – I mean, I wanted them to go so selfishly, so Higgins would stay as their top target. But um, Burrow's – kind of proven the ability to get the ball out fast. And he even said at LSU that his goal is to just play five-man protections, get more guys open, and just let me get the ball out to him quicker. We'll beat the rush with it. Kind of what their goal is there. And Jamar Chase is probably going to be peppered with targets. Yeah, yeah. I, it didn't really hit me. Like, I, I mocked Jamar Chase there and everything, but it came rushing back whenever he got drafted that, like, wow. That connection was insane at LSU, and yeah. that's just going to continue in the NFL. Uh, Jamar Chase is going to be yeah, – in my opinion, he's still the number one player in dynasty drafts. But Do you think this is probably the best place for him to go? Like best case uh, scenario for Chase? No. Uh, the Lions probably would have been. Just because he doesn't have that competition with Higgins there. You know, H- Higgins yeah. is still going to take targets away, and Boyd as well. But I don't know, but I still like, think like – just getting paired up with Burrow in the second year, you know the quarterback situation is safe for a long time. It's probably the, a worse year one situation, but long term, I think it's a better situation. I mean, I, I think he could be a, a top 12 wide receiver year one based on what Higgins did last year. Yeah, I think so. And AJ Green's gone, who that's 30% of their target share. You know, if, if Long Cox decided to go with Jamar Chase, I wouldn't blame him because you're getting. Eight, eight years of production out of Jamar Chase instead of, I don't know, four, five, six with uh, Najee Harris, who's probably going to go off the board at 101. Yeah, the only argument there is, from what I think, is the running backs just carry way too much trade value, and you're still yeah. trying to build a roster. And, I mean, Najee Harris is well, – I guess we'll get to him, but having a stud running back just carries so much more value in general. Yeah, Uh Jamar Chase locked and loaded. I think he's gonna be, he's gonna be a stud. Nobody, I don't, I don't think anybody thinks he's not gonna be a stud here. Yeah. Uh, okay. Is is he your top prospect in the rookie draft too? In, in a vacuum, not not team dependent. I mean, it's close. <laughs> I don't know that I want to go there. I think it's really close though. It just depends on positional value. Like I said, I think top prospect goes to the running backs just because of positional value, but. Jamar Chase is definitely, along with Pitts, the safest picks. I think those two are both pretty much just guaranteed to be good. Next pick off the board was Jalen Waddle, which I guess the NFL viewed him as it was the same thing that happened last year where Judy was the better receiver at Alabama. Everybody thought so. And then this year, Demonte Smith, everybody thinks he's a better receiver. But then the speedster is the one that goes off the board first. So he goes off number six to Miami. Uh, I this this makes the Fuller signing kind of confusing. Well, I mean, it also means that this offense is just loaded with speed now, and 
it gives them the ability to stretch fields, stretch fields, um, stretch the field. And uh, I think they just kind of wanted to uh, get a lot of speed. And there's some teams that are doing that, like what the Eagles tried to do last year, except they got a bunch of really shitty ones. Uh, ever since seeing what the Chiefs have been building, uh, I think a lot of teams are trying to model after that speed kills at, at the receiving core. And I think also, Waddle, Waddle slots in as the wide receiver three in this offense right now, uh, in the sense that he's going to line up in the slot, Parker and Fuller on the outsides. Yeah, but that also means that he's going to be on the field pretty much all the time. Um, I don't think they really played too many two tight end sets. And, uh, but yeah, I don't know if this is a really a stock up or stock down for him. I think it's kind of wherever he was going to get drafted, he was going to get in that role anyway. And it's not I like did. Parker and Will Fuller are like studs that are going to demand a huge target share. So he has the ability to take on a lot of targets in that offense. It's kind of just comes down to how good you think Tua is and how good you think that offense is going to be overall. I think it's it's stuck down a little bit for him because pre-draft you saw him getting mocked a lot to the Eagles. You saw him getting mocked to the Lions, uh, maybe to the Chargers. And this this is the only spot where there's two wide receivers in place who are comparable athletically to him. So I, I don't know if his target share is going to be there as rookie year. Um, it, I mean, depending on how that offense works with him, they, they haven't had this, this type of offense before with high caliber, fast receivers. So we'll see how it, how it pans out. I wouldn't be placing any bets on him to yeah. be the best two or three wide receivers in this class. But also from, if a, fan, you from think- a fantasy standpoint. But also, if you think about it, like, I don't think regardless of where he went, I don't think you were really going to expect a huge target share. I think you're kind of relying on big plays from him. You want to see him take a screen 60 yards or see him just get behind the defense and catch a ball down the field. Like you're expecting maybe four or five targets a game and hoping for some big plays. And he's more than capable of doing that. If we see a couple running backs go uh, to some good landing spots here and some of these wide receivers that primarily play outside, um, land in some better situations. Do you think he's still a first-round pick? I think he's a late first. He might get pushed into the second. I'm not sure. But I don't know. I said th- 104. Yeah, I don't know. I think he's definitely a first-round pick. Um, I don't think he makes it to me with my cluster of four picks. And I def- if he did, I definitely wouldn't let him get out of it. I think he's worthy of a first-round pick. I think he's just way too talented to pass, honestly. I think he's a better version of Henry Ruggs. People talked about Henry Ruggs last year. I think he's just a better route running Henry Ruggs. Yeah, you and me are a little different there, but uh, neither here nor there. Next <laughs> receiver off the board, uh, number 10, the Eagles traded up for Devontae Smith. And John comes everywhere. Um, but we were we were texting back and forth, and uh, whenever they traded up, I texted him and said, who do you want here? And he just said, um, Filzer Smith, Filzer Smith, Filzer Smith. And then he actually, before the pick came in, he's like, actually, Smith, give me Smith, give me Smith. And uh, I think he's just very happy that they finally took a receiver that's good, which, as he should be, he's going to walk in there day one as their best receiver. And I think yeah, that's I mean, pretty clear. Rumor has it that he's going to be a better outside receiver than uh, Greg Ward and Travis Fulgham. So, I mean, potentially. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I think Devontae Smith has potential to be the best wide receiver in this class. He goes into a spot where he's pretty much uncontested with other receivers in that offense that offer a similar similar skill set. I mean, with Chase, you have Higgins there who 
could take targets away, but I don't think Jalen Rager and Greg Ward, Travis Fulgham, Dallas Goddard are going to take so many targets away from what Devontae Smith can have. And he's yet a thir- the third receiver off the board, all going to their college quarterbacks, which is interesting. But uh, <laughs> So he has that connection with Hurts, if that means uh, anything. I don't know that it really does. Him and Hertz, I guess him and Hurts did play together, but I don't know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, last they, year. They had some success together. No, he played in Oklahoma his last oh, year. Yeah, but I guess they were there together. It counts. They they played on the on the field together. Uh, what's his name? Rookie year. They've touched before. They um, they've definitely slapped hands. Yes, but um, but yeah, Smith definitely walks in day one as their wide receiver one, and definitely has a lot of upside because he's gonna be used a lot in that offense. The question yeah. is, which of the Eagles fans in this league get him? Tyree. At one hundred and five, for sure. It's it's locked and loaded. Yeah, I don't. Really Damn, I keep saying locked and loaded. It's fucking <laughs> locked and loaded. It's gonna it be is the locked, name It's of not the just locked up. It is locked and loaded. Loaded and locked. Yeah, no, he, he's not getting past Tyree. Tyree's definitely taking him one hundred and five. But if you don't take him at, I mean, you're not gonna take him one hundred and three. I don't assume. I think it's safe to say second receiver off the board. Like really safe to say, Jason uh, Smith. I don't, Waddle could go one hundred and four. I wouldn't put it past Podolsky. I guess based on fandom, but definitely the sec- second ranked receiver. We'll say on yeah. in our minds, he's going to put up. Well, like I was saying, uh, he he has potential to be the top wide receiver in this class. It, I don't think his his size is going to affect him in the NFL. Yeah, and I think it didn't affect him at Alabama against the SEC competition. It's not going to affect him here. I think just the NFL in general, you see it with a lot of the skill players in this draft, it's just getting smaller and quicker and faster and less physical. And that's just a good thing for him. Yeah, he's going to be great. Uh, His only, the only thing that's going to hold him back is, is Jalen Hurts going to develop into a high volume passer? Yeah. But I mean, um, I we, that that similar to the uh, Zach Wilson stuff. It's a wait and see to see how this offense is gonna, you know, progress. But I, he's gonna get the majority of targets in this offense. I mean, in order for Jalen Hurts to be a high volume passer, he needs receivers that are open, and Smith does that very well. So. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I expect big things, and like you said, probably the second, second or third receiver off the board. Next, the Chicago Bears. Who'd they trade up for? Wait. Did they get Justin Fields? Oh, they got Justin Fields, bud. Did you hear? I'm still yeah, a little giddy. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> That's, it's, a, it's a great pick, and it's a great spot to get him. I mean, I, I had him going at nine to the Broncos. I'm surprised that the Broncos took a corner, but I mean, they're, I fully they're still believed, hedging their bets. I fully believed that the Niners were taking him at three because I thought he was clearly just – the best guy there. And I thought there was a less than zero chance that the Jets were going to just take him, but clearly that didn't happen. But I thought he was the best quarterback in this draft, so I am giddy. Best quarterback in the draft? Second best. <laughs> uh, Did I say uh, best? Yes. I'm just in my own head. I, who knows? Maybe. Could be. But um, as far as fantasy value goes, though, I still realistically think he's probably the third or fourth guy off the board. Um, 
because like I said, I I truly do think that Trey Lance is a starter right away. And I'm pretty positive that uh, Justin Fields is going to sit for a while. Um, Matt Nagy already basically said, well, Pace said on behalf of Nagy that they're trying to basically emulate the Patrick Mahomes situation. And because Nagy learned a lot from that in that situation. And his offense particularly is very wordy, kind of takes time to learn. So I think they're going to do all they can to make sure he stays on the bench as long as possible. I don't think they want him to see the field year one. Um, that is until um, Andy Dalton gets booed off the field and they have to go to him. But that's pretty much what it's going to take. You um, currently have the two best quarterbacks on your roster that have ever been on the Chicago Bears. <laughs> Technically. Uh, I, you know, Fields right now, I just looked at my rankings. I mean, I think that's that's a crazy thing to say about Dalton, if that's what you mean. Wait, you don't think Dalton's the best quarterback you guys have ever had? No, he's not. I don't think he's better than Jay Cutler. Mm, you know, they're close. I mean, sure, they're close on, like, career accomplishments, but um, this that's a silly argument that doesn't matter right now. But <laughs> Fields definitely has a very good chance to be the best quarterback the Bears have ever had. I mean, he still has to prove it. Nothing's a sure thing. Um, but, yeah, like I said, I think he's probably the third quarterback off the board, maybe fourth, depending on he's- how you feel about Zach Wilson. I think it's clearly Trevor Lawrence one, obviously, and then Trey Lance two because of that amazing situation. And if you're a Chris Sims guy, you might want to go with the upside of uh, Zach Wilson. Probably has the most upside. But yeah, also if you want to go with the, Chris the Sims, biggest downside. Go with Kellen Mond over Zach or Justin Fields. Well, we still got to see where he goes. But <laughs> uh, I, so, I love this. I absolutely am giddy about this as a Bears fan. But from a fantasy perspective, I do think he's probably third or fourth off the board. I'm I'm pretty set at quarterback, so I don't, I'm not really taking one probably in this rookie draft unless the value is just phenomenal. Uh, I mean, you you pretty much have to wait a year, I think. I, I am currently ranked as quarterback three in this in this draft. So right right with you, I got Lawrence. Lance Fields. Yeah. And then, yeah, like, it's just a matter of how you feel on Wilson because you could be anywhere across the board on him. Yeah, but happy for you. Yeah, the the Bears fan in me is uh, super happy right now, uh, super giddy. Um, I don't even really care if he plays year one. I just want it to work out long term. I just need that to happen. I just need them to have a quarterback of the future. John said stock way up for Allen Robinson. I said, hey, as long as he's the first read in the offense, he's going to get all the targets. Yeah, and the fact that you know he's accurate, which is something different. Yeah, that's gonna. Allen Robinson had a sixty, what was sixty percent of his catches catchable for with Mitch Trubisky. Also, and all the people that are saying you know like Nagy's job's in jeopardy and Nagy sucks. I love Matt Nagy. I think that he's a, a really good coach. Has, you know, been, we went twelve and four, eight and eight, and eight and eight with worst quarterback play in the league. And I've been saying all this time it would be a travesty to see him fired before he got a chance to coach a good quarterback. So, you know, hopefully he gets a chance to coach a good quarterback here in fields and the offense looks good. That would be wonderful. But we'll see. Fields would probably be the best quarterback in this draft in terms of uh, end of season, like, knowledge on card tricks. Magic Man's going to teach him all, all he knows. Oh, the Magic Man. Who do we have next off the board? Uh, we, had, we had quite a bit of space between the, the next fantasy player. Oh, no, it was, was it? Four, four picks later. Yeah, Clearly, uh, so, probably the number five quarterback here. Um, do you think he starts day one over Newton? I think 
there's a yeah. real chance. I think – I don't know. I think um, the way Belichick operates – and, I mean, Cam Newton got benched last year midseason for – what's his ass? For Studham. And just got his job back because Stidham was really bad. I think uh, they're going to go into training camp, and whoever looks better in training camp is starting day one. I don't think anyone's locked in. I think that uh, Newton comes in, and the second he throws two picks in a game, Mac Jones is in. I, I mean, think if he has to go by that logic. Has, that's week one, probably. But yeah, because I mean, that's what happened last year. Is is Newton played well the first like three or four games, and then he he just started throwing like. He wasn't getting touchdowns, started throwing picks, and then Stidham came in. I think it'll be the same story with Mac Jones this year. I don't know if Stidham makes the roster, but who cares? I just the way I see it is like they already gave Newton a year. They already benched him at one point. And I think they brought him back out of necessity. Like because they were at fifteen, there's no way of knowing they're gonna get a quarterback. And he's and on a one year like, deal, so yeah, Mac's I, definitely a starter by year two. I don't think they're telling Cam Newton that he's the starter, like they are with Andy Dalton in Chicago. Like as soon as they made the pick, Matt Nagy called Andy Dalton and said, hey, you're still our guy. I don't think Belichick did that with Newton. I think he was like, you better play really well in training camp or else you're benched. Yeah, I, regardless, he's, he's a year two starter for sure. Um, I, I, they're going to need to get him receivers in that offense. I mean, they got some tight ends, some big body guys, but I, I think he, he flourishes best whenever he has an actual receiver on the outside. Yeah, and I just don't see the upside with Mac Jones. I see. I think I see, I the, up, this I see the upside with it. I, I don't know how it translates necessarily. I, I, I like Mac Jones. I'm, I think I'm in the minority of people that think he's pretty good. Well, I mean, I think he has the upside of like Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins, who have had really good years. But it's kind of my take on him before the draft, even that if you put him in a good spot with good receivers, like if he would have went to San Francisco, I think he would have probably been pretty good. Um, but it, I don't, I don't see him as good. someone. Yeah, I don't see him as someone who's going to like create if he doesn't have good situation around him. He's not going to like take a bad offense and make it good. Just like Derek Carr has had like close to MVP caliber seasons when he had Crabtree and Amari Cooper wide open all the time. I think Mac Jones could do that, but that's not really the case in New England right now. Best thing he has going for him is that he has three letters in his first name, five letters in his last name. Last person in New England we saw do that. Six Super Bowls. Oh shit, he's a Hall of Famer, I guess. <laughs> uh, I, he's probably worth like a fourth round flyer in our league. He might not get drafted. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, what, why, why draft a guy that doesn't have the upside? Like, like I said, comparing him to Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins, like you can get those guys on the waiver wire most weeks. So, if anything, it, it I, I would say it's stock up for Patriots receivers because he's going to be a higher volume passer than Cam Newton is in that offense. Yeah, I think it does help them. Helps to, it helps Johnny or it helps Hunter Henry. What's his name? I don't even know who they have Ken, at receiver. Ken, Ken, Kendrick Bourne. They're all bad. <laughs> but uh, anyway, next next receiver off the board was at pick twenty. Giants traded down with the Bears. Uh, Kadarius Tony, which kind of surprising. I, I figured if they were gonna get someone this side or this play style, it'd be Elijah Moore. Rumors were he was gonna be a uh, first round pick. But that, that didn't happen. But Kadarius Tony here, wide receiver from Florida. Yeah, yeah he, definitely. He, he just goes right. He's right in the slot. He's going to be a starter there ahead of, I, I guess they're starting three. We're going to be Slayton, uh, Shepard, and Galladay. So he's gonna, he's probably going to replace Slayton in that offense. Yeah, he's right in the slot. Get him right in there. <laughs> Daniel Jones has to develop as a passer for Tony to have any 
relevant success. Um, I think he's probably the uh, – he, he could be the third target in that offense, depending on if Ingram stays healthy. But if Ingram goes down, Tony's the number two. And, yeah, Daniel Jones has weapons, so we'll know what he is by the end of the year. Yeah, we're not, that was definitely surprised by the pick. Um, but it's I think that as far as fantasy value, it probably really hurts Slayton, like you said, probably hurts Shepard. I kind of see him as like a using him as sort of a gadget guy, like give him a bunch of bubble screens, give him quick slants, give him end arounds. He had a lot of carries in Florida, but he had like 67 carries or something. Yeah, so like, he's like they a can, they can use him. Like, yeah, so like I see him doing a lot of that stuff with them and – you know, maybe there's upside there if he if he starts breaking off a lot of these like bubble screens for big plays or breaks off end arounds for a touchdown. Um, but probably more of like week to week upside, not really consistent upside. Yeah, John John said he's like a faster, better Jalen Rager. I think that they're comparable, but you know that that could be true. He might be better and faster, but we'll see. I don't, I don't I don't like he said. I don't think he's going to be a consistent week to week guy. Unless something happens in the receiver core where a bunch of guys get injured and he gets bumped up to the top spot. Uh, but it uh, kind of depends. Dan- Daniel Jones has shown that he can be a 4,000-yard passer in a season. How many of those targets go to Tony? Yet to be seen. Uh, and, I, like, put it this way. do you Did you feel your Kenny Galladay stock getting affected at all by this pick? Not, not too much. I don't really think it does anything to Kenny Galladay. I mean, I guess it does a little bit. You know, Galladay was set for – 130 targets next season. Maybe he gets bumped down to 110. I don't know. I just kind of see it affecting Slayton and Shepard more. But yeah, maybe a maybe a flyer pick in the in the middle rounds. Um, but I don't know. He's, yeah, he's gonna be early, early second round in our draft. You think? So might be a second round. Might be a fir- You're not going to take him with your string of four picks, probably. I mean, I'm not going to tip my hand here. But I mean, yeah. All right. Uh, Depending on where these other receivers land, you know, maybe you'd end up grabbing him, but it sounds like he's probably more of a second round kind of guy. Yeah. Um next person off the board, first running back, Najee Harris to the Pittsburgh Steelers. What is he dots? He's locked and, and loaded. <laughs> he is locked and loaded. Congratulations, Sheetram, on getting a stud running back to the best running back landing spot in football right now. He's Mike Tomlin loves his workhorses. He's going to come in and get 20-plus carries a game, probably five targets. So just on volume alone, he's pretty much locked in as your one-on-one. Um, there's some question marks with that offensive line, but, like, it doesn't really matter. I mean, it definitely it's would help if they had better blocking. But It sets Sheetram up for, you know, maybe one of the best running back rooms. I mean, a lot of teams don't have three running backs in our league. So Sheetram automatically has maybe the fifth best set of running backs in the league right now. Yeah, I mean, Dobbins pretty much has that job locked and loaded there in uh, Baltimore. And I think Najee Harris comes in day one, workhorse. I don't think there's any reason to think he won't. I do side with PFF in thinking that the Steelers' problems weren't at running back. They were along the offensive line. Yeah, I think it's a terrible pick for Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. But, like... They did it, so they're going to give him all the touches, and so he's going to be a tremendous fantasy asset. Yeah, uh, twenty carries a game get pretty much guaranteed, and, and all the goal line work. Probably all even, the even if he's getting work. three yards a carry, that's still sixty yards a game. You're getting a thousand yard rusher on the season. Yeah, 
So he's he's going to be he's going to be probably a top fourteen running back his rookie year. And if they can fix that line in these next couple rounds, then uh, we you know they, the the his ceiling is probably top three running back. Yeah, we'll put it this way: Do you think there's any chance that probably the best the best case scenario for anyone else to be a one one would probably be Javante Williams. Do you think there's any team that could draft Javante Williams that would put him in a bottle? Cardinals. You think Javante Williams goes to the Cardinals, you take him over Harris. No, I, I I would I think there's a debate then. I would still take Najee, but I think that Javante to the Cardinals opens up a debate. Yeah. Or the Jets. But even then I think that just makes him a clear number two. Yeah. So I, uh, congrats, congrats, Sheetram. Might as well uh, start fitting your buy yourself a Steelers jersey. I don't know that he'd be caught dead in a Steelers jersey, but it's probably gonna pain him to be taking Steelers running back one on one. But you gotta do what you gotta do. You gotta do it. He's locked and loaded. Next running back off the board, uh, very pick. The very next pick after Najee Harris. Uh, stop way down for pick. James Robinson. R.I.P. The greatest James Robinson of all time. Travis Etienne, Jacksonville. Which is uh, this is hilarious. I was sitting right next to Daddy last night when this pick happened. <laughs> and he just kind of sits there in silence for a little bit. And then he looks at me and he goes, well, I'll get the one-on-one next year, so that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, uh, this puts Daddy into a position where he's arguably a worse roster right now than the long cock charter plant. And, oh, man. Yeah, I don't even know that it's arguable now because based on what happened last night, long cock's has two stud running backs, and Daddy now has one good one. Did you hear what Urban Meyer said about yeah the um, running back room? Which I think is actually stock way down for ETN. I think it's a terrible spot because they're not going to just give him the job. Um, yeah, he said basically they're going to use James Robinson in early down work and ETN as like the third down pass catcher. Uh, they said they said Robinson and Hyde for early for wow. early down work. I don't. I honestly don't really buy the Hyde stuff. I think that's just coach speak because they signed him and they don't want to be a dick to the veteran. Um, but I kind of see it as yeah, a really terrible committee where James Robinson's in on first and second down and gets the goal line work. So he's not and still has probably like running back three value. And then Etn's just a third down back pass catcher, and you're hoping for a big play. I think it kind of yeah. kills Etn stock. I think this is the. Uh, a parallel situation pretty much to a T to last year's DeAndre Swift where you had Adrian Peterson and Carrion Johnson getting the early down work in the beginning of the season, Swift coming in occasionally. Everybody saw Swift was better. By midseason, after the bye, Swift comes in and he's the pretty much the only running back getting carries on that team. I think this year it's going to be the same thing. Midway through the season, you're going to see ETN starting to pick up that workload and eventually take over the job halfway through the season. And everyone's going to say, damn, how did ETN fall so far in our rookie draft? Everyone should have seen this coming. I don't know, except I think the difference there is on Johnson was drafted to be the guy and just wasn't good. And they were trying to replace him. I think James Robinson proved that he was pretty good, had a really good rookie year. And I don't know that they're trying to replace James Robinson. I think they just wanted a different role. They just needed more running backs in that room. I actually see it as more of like a, a Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt situation. Not that they're as good as those two. But usage-wise, I see it a lot more like that. Where they, yeah. they're going to – I think they're going to keep – I think they want – I think they like James Robinson a lot. I think they're going to keep using him on early downs, give him a lot of work, give him the goal line work, and then use 
use ETN in that kind of Kareem Hunt style role. Yeah, I I think that this helps Trevor Lawrence transition to the NFL even even better than he would have uh, being a you know two Clemson guys going in the first round. Um, I, I like I said, I think by midseason ETN has has the role locked up where he's the majority uh, share in this in this running back room. Yeah. Hey, um, we have a want to bring on a guest here real quick for a for a little take. Who we got? We have the uh, owner of the Aragona Canyon Liquors just stepped in. Happy to be here on my lunch break, gentlemen. How are we doing? Oh, we're doing great. Can you hear me? Yeah. I cool. gave him one earbud. We're we're huddled very closely on the couch now, <laughs> talking into the same. Almost kissing. <laughs> kiss, kiss, kiss. He kissed me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Rig, we're talking about uh, all these offensive players in order. We made it, we got it down to Travis Etienne right now. Uh, okay. What are your thoughts on him? I mean, we talked about how that's a split split back right now. I'm thinking by midseason, Etienne slots in as the primary uh, running back in this offense. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with that. I think he's he's going to be a, a risky a risky start for sure up to probably about week six, um, just based off of what Urban Meyer said and Urban Meyer being a dummy. But uh, he, he just what he he gives you in the past games, gonna gonna make him fantasy relevant regardless. Um, like still would still would be a, a willing flex spot for someone in the start of the season. But I think by the end, you'll see him at least be a, a running back too. Let, let's say that Javante Williams doesn't land in a great spot. Where where are you guys taking uh, Etn in the rookie draft? If you had all the first round, uh, like. You think he's like a mid first, like one hundred five, one hundred six? I think I think he. Uh, if you said if Williams ends up in a pretty bad spot, yeah. Do you, do you still think he goes one hundred two to the? I uh, I backs? I would I would think no. I, th- I think that there would be a running back that would end up in a better situation that would would the meat hooks would look at a little bit better. If it, if it's not Williams, it might be Michael Carter. If it's not H- Carter, it might be uh, Hubbard. I think there's going to be a running back that ends up in a better situation um, that's going to give him a little bit more value long term. Whether he wants to hold him or trade him, I think that. Uh, he, he, that was probably the worst landing spot for Etienne if that was where he was trying to go. Not that I think he, it's going to kill him fantasy wise, but it just it, it limits his his value for sure. Yeah, I think it's just going to be a nice little committee. We got a little Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, or poor man's Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt situation. Yes, if you want to say it that way. It's a good way to look at it. If I was still holding one hundred seven like I was a couple months ago, I would I would bet he wasn't going to make it to me, but I would take him if he was if, there. If if I'm sitting at one hundred seven and he somehow slides to me, I, I would I would absolutely take him. Yes. Even if Waddle's on the board too. If Waddle's on the board now, <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't. But but I don't think he's gonna be. So I'm I'm trying to get my pipe dream out of my out of my head now. Bigger likes to dream of pipes. Yes, yeah, big pipe guy. I think no matter where he goes in the rookie draft, I don't. Maybe it's one or two, but I I think regardless, he's gonna be a pretty solid running back by the time the midpoint of the season comes around. Yes. Uh, but we've talked about him enough. So next off the board, this is the last player. Rashad Bateman to the Cardinals fantasy stock way down in that offense. See, I don't know. Wait, didn't didn't Bateman go to the Ravens? Yes, the Ravens. Um, but the way I said it is, I think that even though it's not a great passing offense, he's stepping into a role where he's probably like the guy day one. I don't know that Sammy Watkins is right. And I, job the, the the way I look at it is that that's not Bateman stepping into the offense that they were running last year and and taking over a role similar to what like. Willie Sneed had last year. I, I think that you're going to see a transition with that offense. They realized last year that they can't stick with what what they did the last the two years prior. It's it just not it's not working. The team's just eyeing on the run. I think you're going to see a more balanced offense. And I 
I think that Bateman's going to be the, the number one target in that offense. Hollywood is what he is. I mean, he's going to have his big plays, but he's not a guy you can go to consistently. Bateman's route running's great. Hands are great. He doesn't have, quite have the athleticism that, that Hollywood does for sure, but I think he's going to get the majority of the targets in that offense. So it's definitely – that's another guy that, like, I if, – like, if – if Waddle's gone and, and Bateman's sitting at seven, that's gonna that that would be my pick. Uh, so I, I feel I, like they I were like it's gonna be a, a the same trap with Hollywood. I mean, Hollywood was a first round pick as well, and everyone thought that he was gonna open up that offense and Lamar is gonna you know start passing more, but that never panned out. I mean, Hollywood's limited in his route. Yeah, I think I think I think yeah, I, was, I think it's a little bit more of a knock. I mean, it's of course a knock on that offense, but I think I think we'll know a little bit more this year about Hollywood. I just, I don't think that he, he became the route runner. They were hoping that he could. Um, I think he's kind of is what he is now. I think, I think Bateman has a chance to be at least what they thought Hollywood would be. I kind of feel like they were sort of just operating without an X before and now they have one. Do you, do you think that Bateman is ever going to work his way into being a wide receiver one? Uh, don't ask me because I'm, I'm a big Bateman guy. Also, he's my, my, my number two target, um, other than Waddle. So I'm, I'm biased. I think I think this wasn't the best opportunity for him to do it. I think there were there were much better landing spots for him, but uh, I think he has the talent to do it. It's just it's going to depend on how that offense can transition into a, into their pass game. Put it this yeah. way: Would you have rather him go to Green Bay, where he was clearly the number two behind Devontae Adams, but in a much better offense, yes. or go somewhere like here, where he's going to probably get more targets, uh, get more heart, target heart, share? Hart says this is awesome because I'm a big Lamar guy too, but but Brain says Packers would have been better. Packers would have definitely been better. Yeah, I don't know. I think. I don't know. Give me the give me the opportunity where he's going to be the guy. And Devontae Adams isn't isn't young anymore. You know, he was drafted in 2012. He's uh, still and young he's, enough to be good for like four or five more years. I think he has two years left on his contract in Green Bay. So whatever receiver they if if they end up fucking helping Aaron Rodgers, I guess that's the other part of the. the well, if Aaron Rodgers is ever there again. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I mean, they no need to talk about Green Bay right now. Uh, Bateman, I I think that he'll probably be a wide receiver too, maybe in the like high 20s but i don't think he's right now I, I can't project him any higher than that that's fair i think that's a, that's a fair comp i don't know i just think it's it's not the best offense but it's a great opportunity uh, it, it it's probably one of the best opportunities in the league in terms of open spots at wide receiver it's like here in new england but it's just like i, I don't i don't know i i it's a wait and see to see how this translates um I could see him, you know, not even being a wide receiver too. You know, maybe like a, you know, in the. And I, I, th- I think or... I think a lot. There, there's so many of your, of the the slot guys, the the Moors. Um, there, there's a couple. Uh, Durden, I'm a big fan. There, there's a bunch of guys that are going to be coming off the board here. Tyler Durden. Yes. <laughs> in the in the middle of the, the second round, start of the second round, it's really going to influence where Bateman goes. If if those guys end up in great spots, Bateman could fall to the end of the first round. Uh, I know I'm, I'm probably a lot of people aren't as high on him as me. Uh, so know, he, he think, could be he could be a, a fringe first round guy depending on landing spots of tonight. I think guys. I think there's a conversation to be had for a third receiver off the board with him and Waddle. You know what? I might be changing my mind. Uh, I, I just pulled up Hollywood Brown's stats from the past two years and. His rookie season, he had 71 targets. That's pretty good. Bateman could do a lot with 71 targets. And last year, he had 100 targets. Mm-hmm. Hollywood round. So, if, if Bateman's getting 100 targets, he's probably averaging, you know, 10 yards per reception, roughly. I, I, I think he'll he'll do more with his targets than what, what Hollywood could have. Yeah, I think mean, it's clearly Chase one and Smith two, but then there's a conver- I think there's a conversation to be had between Waddle and Bateman for the third. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to head out here. It was, it was a pleasure to stop in for a few minutes. 
Yeah, we're guesses. wrapping up anyway. Okay. So good to see you. Mm. Later. Right. Love you, Rig. You guys out? Did you hear the bear's Yeah. Did you guys hear? Rick. Hey, Rick. Did you hear uh, the Bears got Justin Fields? Oh, I just wanted to make sure you heard. I love you guys. Well, that was fun. Uh, We'll probably come back at you tomorrow with some round two and three analysis on uh, who gets picked. But for right now, there's our thoughts on the round one, guys. All 12. All 12 hotties. I thought thought this was going to go a lot shorter, but ended up being where we at. 52 52 minutes right now. We just have a lot of things to say, you know. I got to get back to work. So <laughs> you've been doing all this while I'm, sit, I'm sitting at my office, like in my truck. Jesse's on the clock right now. I'm on the clock. It's all about. getting built. <laughs> uh, what a what a time. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we'll probably do a daily pod after each of the rounds and uh, take it from there. So, all right. If so, you're free, to, if you're free tomorrow, I'll give you a call. So, in recap, Kyle Pitts is really hot, and uh, Justin Fields is on the Bears. And I don't, so I don't see myself trading up to uh, into the first round for any of these guys. So I, I'm just go through my rankings real quick. Um, I don't see myself grabbing any of these guys. So right. yeah, I'll go ahead and sit out, even though I kind of already gave my opinion on them. Yeah, my rankings are Najee Harris, Jamar Chase, Demonte Smith, Kyle Pitts, Travis Etienne, Jalen Waddle, Trevor Lawrence, Rashad Bateman, Kadarius Tony, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson. All right. Hot stuff. All right. And probably tonight is where we get the most fantasy players. We get all the running backs off the board tonight that are going to be relevant. A lot more receivers to throw in the mix. Yeah, we'll probably know what the first uh, round, maybe first round and a half look like after tonight. Yeah. Maybe not the running backs. Running backs typically go in the, the, go in the fourth, sometimes sneak into the second round. Yeah. But the ones that go in the second and third round or make up the bulk of them. At least the ones that will be fantasy relevant early on. Oh, yeah. All right. Love you. Love you. Bye. Bye.